Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to HelpMyGamblingProblem.org for free confidential services. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview, Great Falls, offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. Welcome to the Hornets Hivecast, presented by Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. Here's your host, Rob Longo. Hi, friends, and welcome to today's edition of the Hornets Hivecast, the official podcast of your Charlotte Hornets, brought to you by Senta. Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates are the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of your Hornets. Rob Longo with you today. Following Charlotte's loss in Greensboro last night, 112-103. Hornets fall to 0-3 in the preseason, but there's a whose line is it anyways joke made in there somewhere where the games, well, they aren't made up, but the points don't matter because, of course, they will reset everything after five games. We'll go ahead and break this one down a little bit, provide you with our silver linings. And with the game being in Greensboro last night, we know the Hornets have had a tradition of going to different markets in the past, going throughout the triad going out through the state of North Carolina where would we like to see the Hornets move next for some preseason games we'll get into that a little bit later on helping me break down all these topics he's the man of the Hornets radio network the voice of your Charlotte Hornets radio voice as he likes to say it is Sam Farber and Sam joins me on the phone again because he is a very busy guy he is driving all over I-85 the last couple of days with so many events going on in Greensboro and we'll get to that again in a couple of segments here but Sam let's go ahead and break this one down a little bit. It's a 112 to 103 loss last night to the Boston Celtics. Second time that these two teams faced each other this year. A lot of the stars did not play for the Celtics, but a lot of the stars for the Hornets certainly did play, and it was a pretty good one through the first two quarters of play. Charlotte led this one 62 to 57 at halftime. Hornets put up 35 points in the first quarter as well. Boston turned the ball over a ton in the first half, and the Hornets were able to do a pretty good job of taking care of the basketball. Third quarter, things got a little rocky for the Hornets. Got outscored 30 6 to 22 in the frame where the Celtics closed the quarter on a 20 to 7 run in the final 5 minutes and 33 seconds and then both teams were even at 19 points each there in that fourth quarter because a lot of the younger guys were starting to get some run in there towards the end of the contest. Sam, of course, you had the call of the game. What were your kind of your overall thoughts, your overall reaction to yesterday's loss in Greensboro? Well, I continue to be encouraged by the play of the starters. Second consecutive game that the Hornets starting five outscored the opposition starting five. 
It's true Boston did not have many of their normal starters and normal rotation players out there. No Jason Tatum, no Al Horford, no Malcolm Brogdon, no Marcus Smart. But still, the Charlotte starters went out there and put on a good performance. LaMelo Ball, I thought, was outstanding. Kelly Oubre had one of his best shooting performances of preseason. P.J. Washington had a good game. I think all up and down, the starters did a good job. And also for the third consecutive game, the bench struggled to score. And I think coming into the season, we thought there was a chance that this team's depth could be a real strength from day one. I still think they are a much deeper team than they ever have been uh, in this you know, current regime. But a lot of that depth is young. And so as talented as they are, they're still not quite ready to go on their own. I did like the fact that head coach Steve Clifford mixed up the lineups and gave players like Mark Williams and James Booknight more opportunities to play with normal rotation players for the Hornets. It let them draw out some more of the positives of their game and gave them a a little bit more of a a light at the end of the tunnel on what their games can become as they continue to develop. Some of the odds and ends from the first half, because this is what I really want to hone on here, is the Hornets did a much better job shooting from beyond the arc in the first quarter. The Hornets, at one point, they started the game 3-for-6 from three-point land. They were 5-of-14 when it was all said and done through the first 12 minutes of play from beyond the arc. Just 2-for-8 from the three-point arc there in the second quarter at one point. Again, Boston started to tidy up the turnovers a little bit, but the Hornets did close the first quarter on a 14-to-5 run. After the game yesterday, head coach Steve Clifford talked about what that first quarter looked like and what transpired there moving forward after that. You know, the first quarter, for sure, the most inside-out, our best pace up and down the floor. You know, actually in our defensive numbers, I feel like are misleading. I don't know what they, I can't see this, but like in the first half, looking at what they shot and everything, just because we had a lot of like good, good, like sustained uh, segments of good defense. But, you know, we're just, you know, we're not disciplined. You know, so we, we're running around, we're, you know, overhelping, you know, things like that, that, you know, we have to clean up because in this league, you know, this stuff's going to kill you. And that led to some, you know, open threes. But our defense overall was, this was by far uh, our best defensive game too. One more thing to touch on here, Sam, before I let you kind of react to what Coach Clifford just said there too. The Hornets only turned the ball over once in the first quarter. Things got a little bit more sloppy as the game transpired, but When it was all said and done, the Hornets got off to a good start. They ended up leading, again, by 13 after the first quarter. They led it 35-22 to with most of those starters in there. At the end of the game, too, four out of the five starters were in double figures. Mason Plumlee was the lone guy, but he had nine points, and he also had ten rebounds. He had a couple of assists sprinkled in there as well. So the starters, I thought, like you mentioned there just a few moments ago, were the really, really, really big, bright, shining moment of this one. LaMelo Ball had a 15-point first quarter. Kelly Oubre had 11 points in the second quarter. He ended up finishing with 17 points in the first half as it was. And, of course, LaMelo Ball finishes with a game-high 23 points as well. So I don't think you can overstate how good the starters were in that first half of action. Again, third quarter was where things went a little awry, and Coach Clifford alluded to it there. But overall, they put together a solid 24 minutes in the first half. They did, and I thought the starters looked really good. They look good playing with the young guys as well. It's when it was mostly bench players out there that things started to slip a little. And, and again, I think there is going to be greater depth to this team when Cody Martin and Gordon Hayward are playing. I think this was a regular season game. We would have seen 
at least one of them playing. I have really no doubt about that. It, it's only about getting these young guys experience. I mentioned it during the broadcast last night. And I'll say it again here. Mellow Ball's first NBA game, he went scoreless. And we heard murmurs like, oh, you know, was this guy worth the number three pick? And then he quickly dispelled any notion of that. But it does take a little bit of time to get caught up to the speed of the game and really come into your own. And I think we will see that with these young players as they continue to progress. Playing time is the best way to get them there. And this experience was another positive one. And I thought we saw some real positive steps from guys like Mark Williams and James Booknight, despite a tough shooting day once again for Book. Plenty to get to here in just a few moments. There's a lot of things to like in yesterday's contest. Again, it ends up going down in the books as a 112-103 loss against the Celtics. But again, preseason, final score doesn't really matter a whole lot as long as what you like out there on the floor is moving in the right direction, and it certainly is for the Hornets. We'll go ahead and give you our silver linings right after this here on the Hornets Hivecast. I'm not anti-aging. I'm pro-looking my best. Getting cosmetic surgery at Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates has me looking young again and filled with the confidence I need to take on the day. From Botox to rhinoplasty to facelifts, Senta offers facial plastic surgery from specially trained eye and ENT doctors who are familiar with how all parts of the face work. Feel like you once did. Schedule your appointment today at ceenta.com slash appointments. Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates. They just make sense. Rob Longo, Sam Farber with you here on today's edition of the Hornets Hivecast presented by Senta. Hornets fall last night 112-103 to the Boston Celtics. Hornets now 0-3 in the preseason, but again, doesn't really matter a whole lot as long as what we like air out on the floor is progressing to what the Hornets hopefully have here in just a couple of weeks when the regular season starts. Which brings us to our favorite segment when there is a loss that is our silver linings. Usually I go second, Sam goes first because he's the one leading the dance here on the AJHC. But again, a little bit of role reversal today. So Sam, I will let you go first. Who is your silver lining for today's contest? Yeah, we, you know, we never love to do silver linings, but it, it's preseason. So I will take five silver linings in preseason for as many gold stars as we can get in the regular. Uh, but my silver lining from last night's game is going to be LaMelo Ball. Terry Rozier, one-on-one with Hauser, uses the Plumley screen over to LaMelo. Wide open wing three is good. LaMelo Ball, yet another Lowe's drilling three-point shot. It's his second of the game. He's got a dozen. Hornets have 24 to Boston 17. LaMelo looked really confident shooting his three. He always is. And he continues to finish in the paint and around the rim at a level we haven't seen from him previously. All the greats add to their game, particularly when they're young. There's a lot more areas for added growth. And that was the biggest one for LaMelo Ball is just being more efficient, finishing in the paint, in traffic, through contact. He's a tall guard. He is going to continue to add bulk, add size to his frame as he continues to mature physically. Uh, But his instincts in the paint, uh, he is just at another level right now. So I I love what we saw from him. I think if he's playing normal minutes with normal rotations consistently, you know, 35, 36 minutes in the game, he usually scores 30 in that one and has a a double-double, if not a triple-double. He is going to take his game to another level, and he showed another sign of that last night against the defending Easter Conference champs. 
Lamella's full stat line from last night, 23 points. That's a game high. He also played 30 minutes, goes 8-22 shooting, so not the best percentage-wise, but he does go 3-for-9 from beyond the arc. Hit all four of his free throws, four rebounds, nine assists. He did have 10 there for a moment, but they took one away from him. Also had three steals, which is also very promising, and he ends up a plus 11 in the plus-minus box score, which, again, take it or leave it, but at the end of the day, Mello ends up being a plus 11. The other thing to mention, too, and it kind of makes you chuckle a little bit, is he fouled out in this game. He fouled out in the fourth quarter at what was the 929 mark, and he finishes again with 23 points, four rebounds, ten ass- or nine assists when they took one away from him. So he could have had the potential to score even more. Again, we don't know how much more run he would have had. Head coach Steve Clifford mentioned before the game he wanted to keep the starters and LaMelo around 30, 32 minutes or so. So don't know how much more extended run he would have had if he didn't foul out. But regardless, finishes the game with a game high, 23 points. For me, for my silver lining, I'm going to go with Kelly Oubre. Mason Plumley brings it up himself. Plumley right into the lane, off the contact, kicks, three ball. Ubre, yes! Kelly Ubre Jr., yet another Lowe's drilling three point shot. He's up to 16 points. Kelly last night finishes with 18 points when it's all said and done. A very effective 7 of 14 from the floor, 3 for 7 from beyond the arc. And I mentioned it in the first segment, he had 11 points in that second quarter, really sparked the Hornets when the Celtics were really trying to make a comeback there at the end of that second quarter. Of course, the Hornets did end up taking a five-point lead into the locker room at halftime and then relinquished it because they were outscored by 14 in that third quarter. But Kelly Oubre, I mentioned it a couple of podcasts ago. I think I might have mentioned it before the Boston game, if I'm not mistaken. I wanted to see consistency from Kelly Oubre. He's one of those guys... We've seen it in his first season here in Charlotte. A lot of peaks, but there's also some valleys in there as well. I just want to see a consistent Kelly Oubre, especially when there's an opportunity for him to maybe even start here again. We obviously hope that injuries are not a factor. He's starting right now in place of Gordon Hayward, but there's still some room in that rotation, and there's still a lot of space for him to go in there and get some minutes. So through the first three games for Kelly Oubre in a preseason, Sunday against Boston the first time around, he goes for 17 points. He was 6 of 11 from the field. Wednesday, he only goes 3 for 14 from the field, but he still had 11 points. He still finished in double digits. Friday, of course, last night, 7 of 14 from the field, 18 points. That's the kind of consistency I think you need to see from a guy like Kelly Oubre, Sam. No arguments here. I think he's he's always been a world-class scorer. It is about trying to even some of these things out so there's not as many valleys, but the peaks, they sure are exhilarating. The one thing I would throw in there is that Kelly Oubre is the example that you hope James Booknight continues to follow. James Booknight's got all the talent in the world. We'll keep saying it. I think it is not so much bad decisions. It's that momentary hesitation, that slight indecision that's keeping him from really taking off. When you watch Kelly Oubre play, he catches, he shoots. There's no hesitation. He rises up, he lets it fly. If he sees the driving range, he is going after it. He's attacking the basket. And with book night, there's just that momentary hesitation that takes that shooting window away from him or takes that driving lane away. As soon as he gets some of those hesitations out of his game, his stat lines are going to look a lot like Kelly Oubre's. That production is going to be there, and this team is going to be that much deeper. Um, But right now, there's just a little bit of hesitation. But as soon as he gets it out of his game, 
we're going to have two Kelly Oubre's, and that's going to be a whole lot of fun for the Hornets. That's going to be a whole tidal wave, not just a tsunami, if that's the case. But you know, when you take a look at some of the other odds and ends from this game, Sam, something else that we talked about in the past is, or at least what we did on the broadcast last night, is we talked about what the Hornets starters looked like compared to the Boston starters. Again, Boston not at completely full strength. They still had guys like Jalen Brown go out there and carry 25 minutes of action. But the Hornets starters outscored Boston starters. When the bench came in, that was a little bit of a drop-off. And, of course, when you look at the bench, it's a lot of young guys. It's a Nick Richards. It's a JT Thor. It's a Mark Williams. It's a Bryce McAllens. Those are the young guys that need a little bit more seasoning. And that's something that Kelly Oubre talked about after the game, about how the young guys, they just need to get more reps. Uh, they're very crucial. Every game, every practice is crucial. Um, we have to continue to build the right habits so that we can carry them on to a regular season. And, um, you know, just continue to get better. we got a lot of young guys, you know, who haven't been, you know, adjusted to the NBA yet. So the more reps that they can get, the more practices that we can get in, the better we'll be. One more point I want to mention about this game, Sam, is I talked about the line score in that fourth quarter. Boston and Charlotte were tied at 19 wasn't the greatest quality of basketball that we've seen out there, obviously, when both teams only scored 19 points in the quarter. But at the same time, this bench for the Hornets, these reserves, they're a lot younger than some of the guys that Boston were throwing out there. I mean, you got guys like Peyton Pritchard. Blake Griffin was seeing some of those minutes there in the fourth quarter as well. A lot of veterans on that Boston team that were playing in the fourth quarter compared to some of the younger guys for the Hornets. And again, you mentioned guys like James Booknight who struggled from the field, but then he also played some pretty solid defense. He had a couple of steals, had a pretty big block there down the stretch as well towards the end of the game. Then you got guys like Mark Williams who started to see some reps with the first team in the first half and some of those guys in the rotation, but he played a lot of minutes in the fourth quarter and he looked pretty darn good out there as well. So a little bit of a mixed bag overall, but you got to like what you see from the youngsters as well. No doubt about it. I thought Mark Williams easily had his best game of the preseason and these are the opportunities here you know there are some more veteran guys than the rookie that have put together a great offseason and they're gonna have their chance to earn the job but mark williams put together a pretty good stat line i think it was like 17 minutes 7.7 boards had a blocked shot there are some things certainly to work on but that kind of production is a real positive. So I'm excited to see what he has moving forward. And for James Booknight, the shooting, was, it was a bad night for him. There's no getting around that. But he was really good on the glass. I thought he did some nice things defensively. Uh, there is a lot to like about the game of James Booknight, particularly what he did last night. And there's a lot to build on there for these next two preseason contests. Once again, Hornets fall last night 112-103 against the Boston Celtics. Fall to 0-3 in preseason, but... You know, we're going to turn the page, and we got a game on Monday just like that. Burn it, watch the tape, then just forget about it. Hornets, by the way, played that game in Greensboro. I know we've talked about it ad nauseum a little bit here, but it got us thinking to where we want to see the Hornets take the preseason show on the road. Where would we like to see them play in the future? Sam and I are going to discuss that next right here on the Hornets Hivecast brought to you by Senta. Hey, Hornets fans, I'm Gordon Hayward, inviting you to the Spectrum Center this Sunday, October 9th, for Purple and Teal Day, presented by Honeywell. Gives it up to Hayward, straightaway three is good. Gordon Hayward connecting early. Watch me and your Charlotte Hornets as we prepare for the new season. The event is free, but you must have a ticket to enter. For ticket information, go to Hornets.com or the Hornets mobile app. Doors open at 1230, and the first 1,000 fans get a free T-shirt. My teammates and I can't wait to see you at Spectrum Center on Sunday for Purple and Teal Day, presented by Honeywell.
Rob Longo and Sam Farber putting a button on this edition of the Hornets Hivecast presented by Santa Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Hornets. Last night's game taking place in Greensboro, great event for the community, really tied into everything that's really taking place there with the Swarm and with the Greensboro Fieldhouse, the Coliseum, that whole athletic complex uh, with some of the announcements that have taken place over the last couple of days. And of course, if you missed that, you can check out Friday's edition of the Hornets Hivecast to get you caught up on everything that we talked about there with some of the new agreements with the Swarm, the lease being extended, a great partnership with Novon Health, tons of great stuff in that episode. Go ahead and check it out wherever you get your podcast and of course, wherever you get this podcast as well. So last night's game ended up being the 10th time in Charlotte's NBA franchise history that the Hornets have gone elsewhere. The Coliseum hosted a preseason game for Charlotte, of course, such a historic venue when it comes to college basketball. It was the 13th time doing so where the Hornets were in the triad area. And of course, that's the Greensboro, Winston-Salem, High Point area. Going back to 2019 is when the Hornets last played in the triad. That was at Lawrence Joel Veterans Memorial Coliseum. Of course, that's on the campus of Wake Forest University. So it got us thinking a little bit, well, what do we want to talk about on this edition of the HHC? Let's talk about where we would like to see the Hornets go in the future. Again, this is nothing that is going to be set in stone. This is just something that Sam and I would like to see moving forward, where we'd like to see the Hornets move, kind of expand that regional reach that the Hornets are able to have here in the Carolinas. So as the guest of honor, Sam, I'll let you go first. Where would you like to see the Hornets move forward? Of course, going back to Greensboro is always on the table. I would like to maybe see it move a little bit just because the Swarm are there after all. But I wanted to get your thoughts on this matter. Well, what are the ground rules for this? Does it have to be in the Carolinas? Is it anywhere? It could be anywhere. It could be in, they could be playing the tip-off tour in Japan like the Wizards and the Warriors did this past year. Anywhere on the map. International would be a lot of fun. I think we need to show some love to our guy Kai Jones, give him a home game. Bahamas would be great. But I think, you know, when you're looking at regional games, Greensboro is such a wonderful venue because you're able to get up and back in just a couple of hours. It gives access for our Charlotte fans. It gives access to a different fan base that it maybe is not as close to Charlotte out here in Greensboro that really does support this franchise and NBA basketball and Hornets basketball to a great degree. So I love going to Greensboro, but I'm all in favor of spreading the wealth. Going to Wilmington would be a lot of fun, too. It'd be a positive to engage a different subset of the Carolinas. I think it's just wonderful that the NBA does make this effort to engage other areas outside of the NBA cities that are thirsty for NBA basketball and give those fans an opportunity to see the game. It was a wonderful crowd out there at Greensboro, uh, and I really enjoyed being in that historic venue again and, and getting to see those fans light up at the site of LaMelo Ball and the Charlotte Hornets out there in action in an NBA preseason game. So long way of answering your question. I, I would love to see other parts of the Carolinas like Wilmington or Hilton Head or Columbia. Uh, that'd be a lot of fun. But if I have to pick one place, let's go to the Bahamas. Let's do that. Sam, it just sounds like to me here you're trying to get a free beach vacation out of this. Yes, exactly. That's what I'm trying to do. Hey, I'm not going to knock the hustle. I respect the hustle. One of the cities that you brought up there is somebody that I had circled, so we're not going to go completely Rob rules here, but... You know, I wouldn't mind seeing the expansion of this barnstorming tour, this preseason tour, whatever you want to call it, kind of move to the eastern part of North Carolina. And my first initial thought 
was the state capitol, would be Raleigh. You know, the Hornets used to do some training camp stuff in Chapel Hill on the campus of North Carolina. That's a great venue, too, of course, just right outside of Raleigh. Wouldn't mind it being in downtown Raleigh, too, maybe at PNC Arena, where, of course, NC State plays. The Carolina Hurricanes play there as well. Really cool venue that they could play there as well. Tons of parking. You know, could be a really big event there if they were able to do that in Raleigh. And talking to some people over the course of the last couple of weeks around the Carolinas, there's some people that I've talked to that have said, you know, I'm a casual NBA fan. I live in Raleigh. I work in sports, but I would like to follow the Hornets better. It's just really difficult because there's just not that footprint in the Raleigh area. So that would be one location that I would like to see. Maybe you expand it a little bit further east, maybe even go to a place like Greenville. I understand Greenville is not the metropolitan area that Raleigh would be, but it'd be really cool to see them go out maybe on a campus of East Carolina, kind of go to the the grassroots of North Carolina and see some of those as well. Wilmington's actually a really interesting area, of course, you know, with the whole legacy of Michael Jordan growing up in the area as well. That wouldn't be bad. I had Columbia as a kind of a footnote there as well, simply for the fact that we've seen what kind of basketball market is in Columbia, South Carolina, with the way that Don Staley has been able to build up the University of South Carolina women's basketball program. All of those games almost are roughly sold out every conference game. They draw well. They're a great product out there on the floor. I would like to see if the Hornets in the NBA were able to get that same reception as well. So those are kind of my three little locations that I had pinpointed, maybe Rollum, maybe Greenville, and definitely Columbia as well. So again, a lot to digest, but let's just spread it all the way across the Carolinas. I would even say maybe Charleston. And while we're at it, let's go to Asheville. Let's sure. go to Boone. Look, there are so many great basketball fans in the Carolinas. It's not possible to go everywhere every preseason, but it is great to engage the fan base. and The, the folks in Greensboro, they, they did a tremendous job. 16,000 plus in attendance. It was a wonderful atmosphere. Great time, and I'm looking forward to doing it again next year. Hey, give us a shout on social media after you're done listening to this podcast. Tweet at Sam and I. See where you would like to see the Hornets come next. Maybe we can try to run it up the flagpole a little bit and see if we can get something in the works moving forward. But again, just got us thinking a little bit with that game in Greensboro last night. Again, wonderful crowd. About, what, 15,000, I think, out there, Sam? Almost doubled the last time that the Hornets were in Greensboro. They did indeed. Yeah, great stuff. A, a huge tip of the cap to the fans for showing out for that game. Again, it was a good one between the Hornets and the Celtics. That's going to do it for this edition of the Hornets Hivecast. Again, we have a game coming up on Monday. We'll preview that one here in just a few days. For Sam Farber, I'm Rob Longo saying so long. Thank you for listening to today's edition of the Hornets Hivecast, and we'll see you here next time on EHHC. Thank you for listening to the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. For more coverage, visit hornets.com.